The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of Aussie-made on-demand videos to help you look to God daily. Be challenged by a series of apologetic interviews produced by Creation Ministries International and inspired by Helping Hands, which showcases people and organisations who make the world a better place. There are new videos being added every week in the free Vision Christian Media app. Just tap the Watch tab to see the growing selection. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Most people today are not headed to heaven. If we believe the Bible, we have to accept this simple fact. Most people are actually headed to hell. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says we can't shy away from the truth. There's just too much at stake. Yeah, there is a hell. But listen, if you want to go to heaven, my friend, you will. If you put your faith in Christ. If you want to go to hell, you will. That's really your choice. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. It's a four-letter word. A slang and invective, an expletive many times, and yet it represents a place that some think doesn't even exist. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the word hell has made it into common vocabulary because deep down, we all know it does exist. We'll see hell is a very real danger that must be avoided at all costs. Hell is much too hot and eternity much too long to take this subject lightly. I've shared with you the story before of a man who was living in Chicago. It was very cold there and he decided he wanted to take a break so he went for a vacation to Florida. Now as it turns out his wife was on a business trip and was planning to meet him the next day and so when he arrived in Florida he wanted to let his wife know that he arrived safely so he shot her off a quick email. Now she had just changed her email address and He had memorized a new one, or at least he thought he had, and he sent off the message to his wife. But the problem was he had one letter wrong in her email address, and the message did not go to her at all, but it went to an elderly woman whose husband, who happened to be a pastor, had just passed away the day before. She was reading her emails, and she shrieked and fainted. Her family came running into the room to see what had happened, and they saw the message from her husband on the computer screen. And the message said, Dearest wife, just checked in. Everything is prepared for your arrival tomorrow. <laughs> but it was a P.S. that got them. P.S. It sure is hot down here. So, oh. <laughs> That's just a joke. We've been talking about heaven together. And what a wonderful topic that is. And you need to know just as surely as there is a heaven awaiting the follower of Jesus Christ, there is also a place called hell awaiting the non-believer. And I was interviewed last week uh, on a Christian television show 
and the interviewer asked me why I spoke so much on eternity. He said, I've noticed when I've watched you preach, I've seen your TV programs and so forth of your crusades, and it seems like whatever topic you're dealing with, you always come back to the eternal in your messages. And I thought about it for a moment, and I said in response, you know, I guess the answer is, when you get down to it, it's the most important thing there is. I mean, as a pastor, I want to teach the Word of God. I want to help people grow in their faith as followers of Jesus. I want them to learn how to know God's will and resist temptation and have great marriages and all those things we talk about as pastors and teachers. But when it's all said and done, the biggest thing I want to see happen is people who are on their way to hell instead go to heaven. I want people to change their eternal address. So that's why I do what I do. And really when you get down to it, is there anything more important than that? We've been talking at length about heaven. That's a popular subject because most people believe in it and most people believe they're going there. For every American that believes that he's going to hell, there are 120 who believe they're going to heaven. So most people Believe in a heaven, most people think they're going to heaven, and some believe in hell, but even less think they'll go there. But that is in direct contradiction to what Jesus said, because He said, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there are that go that way, but narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there are that find it. If we believe the Bible, and I hope you do, most people today are not headed to heaven. If we believe the Bible, we have to accept this simple fact. Most people are actually headed to hell. Oh, I know we don't like to hear that. We don't even like to use the word in our culture today. In fact, we use the word hell to punctuate our sentences. Someone will say something like, well, all hell just broke loose. And that usually is a way to say that it's a worst case scenario. Another might say a situation though so bad, it's hellish. Or if a certain person is really difficult to deal with, man, listen, they're hell on wheels. And another person, if they're really angry, will say to another, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind or I'm going to give you hell. What is with this? It's funny how people will say to another person, you can go to hell, but at the same time they'll say, I don't believe a place called hell actually exists. But it's not as effective when you say that, you could just go to a place that doesn't exist. <laughs> Why does someone say go to hell? Because deep down inside, even if you're a non-believer, you know there's a hell. That's why. But because we're uncomfortable with that idea, we'll make jokes about it. You know, there's actually a town I read about in Michigan called Hell. Hell, Michigan. Can you imagine? It was founded in 1841. And George Reeves, the man who discovered this low swampy place in southeast Michigan, I uh, didn't know what to name it. And someone said, well, what do you want to call it? He says, I don't care. Name it hell if you want to. And so they did. <laughs> hell, Michigan. Or people will joke about it. Comedian Woody Allen said, hell is the future abode of all people who personally annoy me. End quote. Comedian Jim Carrey said, Maybe there is no actual place called hell. Maybe hell is just having to listen to our grandparents breathe through their noses when they're eating sandwiches, end quote. Hey Jim, Woody, there is a hell. It's not a joke. Laugh it off if you choose to, but it really is there. 
And the fact of the matter is, is Jesus Christ spoke more about hell than all the other preachers of the Bible put together. The fact of the matter is, is most of the teaching we have on the topic of hell was given to us by Christ Himself. Now that surprises some people because they would say, well wasn't Jesus the very personification of love and mercy and grace? Why would He talk about hell? For that very reason. Because He was the personification of love and grace and mercy. He doesn't want any man or woman uniquely made in His image to spend eternity in this place called hell. And Jesus being God knows all about it because He has seen it with His own eyes. And so He warns us about it. It's been estimated that of the 40 parables that Jesus told, more than half of them dealt with God's eternal judgment and hell. Make no mistake about it, there is a real hell for real people. It's there. Now it's funny how hell becomes more and less popular uh, given what time we're in. I, I think belief in hell probably went up after 9-11. Uh, because when something evil is done or wicked takes place, people tend to believe in evil more and, and they also believe in a place of final retribution. But when things aren't going as badly, a belief in hell actually starts to go down. A recent Gallup poll revealed that belief in hell is down right now. Like, that to me is so stupid. That's like taking a poll and saying, well, you know, more Americans today believe there's a place called California than those that believe there's a place called Arizona. So? And I, I don't mean to say if you're from Arizona it's hell. Okay, I'm sorry. It is very hot there. But it's certainly not hell. That, that's in Michigan, right? No. But, you know, it really doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. It really doesn't matter if it's popular or not. What is, is. Years ago John Lennon famously sang, Imagine there's no heaven, it's easy if you try, no hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all you want, there is a heaven and there is a hell. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And he's presenting a look at the reality of judgment beyond the grave today and how we can avoid it. It's one of this past year's most requested studies. Let's continue. Now there are different ways that the Bible describes hell. One picture we have of hell in the Bible is hell is like a garbage dump. <laughs> but it's not like any garbage dump we've ever seen. I don't know if you've ever taken your own trash to the dump and looked around, but usually you'll find all kinds of amazing stuff there. Rubbish and, and things cast off. And then you'll see there's an old refrigerator and a television set and part of a car sticking out. And, and you think how hard people may have worked to obtain those items. And now here they are sitting in the dump. But the dump in this day, also known as Gehenna, was far worse than that. You would not only throw your trash and rubbish there, but it was a place where also you would throw dead bodies and it would constantly be burning. And you can imagine what a horrific place this was. So Jesus takes this picture, Gehenna, the dump, if you will, and uses it to describe hell. Number two, hell is described like a prison. One of the clearest pictures Christ gave of hell was that of being incarcerated. He told a parable of a king's servant who was sent to jail for cruel and unforgiving behavior. Then added this warning, This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. 
I do get letters from time to time from people in prison that listen to our radio broadcast. When we were in South Dakota doing our crusade, I had the honor of uh, receiving a, a, a special blanket from the Native Americans there, and I was made in a brave. And so the man who gave me this blanket actually heard the gospel on our radio broadcast in prison and came to Christ, and now he's serving the Lord and is preaching the gospel. And so that was a great thing to hear. And you remember when we had Michael Franzese here uh, not too long ago, and he was a member of the mob or the mafia. And he talked about how he was put in solitary confinement uh, and the hole, as they call it. And they would let him out one hour a day. And sometimes it would be three o'clock in the morning, and he'd be allowed to walk around in the yard a little bit, and he would be put back in this tiny cell. But fortunately for Michael, he had a copy of the Bible and was able to turn to God in that time. But in this place called hell, this eternal prison, you don't have time in the yard, and you certainly don't have a Bible, it's too late for that. But the most well-known picture given to us of hell in Scripture is where hell is likened unto a fire that never stops burning. And that brings us to our text that we're going to look together at now. And that's Luke chapter 16, where hell is described as an unquenchable fire. And we read these words from Jesus. And by the way, before we read them, let me say this at the outset. What we are about to read is true. And by that I mean it's not a parable. Jesus would tell parables, which is another word for an illustration, to make a point. Learn a parable of, the parable of the sower, and so forth. This was an actual event Reason being that actual names are used in this story. So you might describe this as a behind the scenes look into the invisible world. If you have wondered what happens on the other side when believers and non-believers pass into eternity, here is a glimpse into that given by Christ Himself. Luke 16 verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. So here is this true story. We have the name of one of the men, Lazarus, and the other man, the wealthy man, is described as a certain man. One man owned everything, yet he possessed nothing. The other owned nothing, but inherited everything. One went to comfort, the other went to torment. The believing man, Lazarus, was ushered by the angels into the presence of God, into a place called paradise. And by the way, prior to the arrival of Jesus and His death and resurrection, when a person would die in faith, they went to paradise or to Abraham's bosom as the King James Version describes it. You remember when Jesus was crucified and that man next to him came to his senses when he heard the Lord say, Father forgive them for they know not what they do. And the man said to Jesus, Lord remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, today you will be with me in what? Paradise. So that man went into this place of bliss, this place called paradise. That was before Jesus died and rose again from the dead. 
But the Bible says that after his uh, death, he preached to those that were in this waiting place, if you will, that we're reading about here in Luke. So now, when a believer dies, they go straight to heaven, right into the presence of God. The Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. One other thing about that thief on the cross. You might describe what happened to him as a deathbed conversion. And I hope this gives a measure of hope to you that maybe have given up on certain people. And you wonder if they'll ever come to Christ. Don't stop praying for them. Because we hear glorious stories of people coming to the Lord right before their death. My own mother did not really come to Christ until about a month before she went to heaven. And I prayed for her for all of my life as a Christian. So maybe you know someone right now and, and you're feeling like they'll never come around. They may. But listen, sometimes we know someone that died and we fear they're in hell right now. I've even had people say, they're in hell. You don't know who's in hell, okay? You're not in a position to say who's in hell. No, I do think I can authoritatively say who's in heaven. Because if a person has put their faith in Christ, they can say, they're in heaven. The Bible assures us of this. But I don't know if a person did not place their faith in Christ. In other words, Unless you were with a person when they passed into eternity in their final moments, you don't know what happened. It is possible that that person you know, that you shared the gospel with, it may be in the last few moments of their life they called on the Lord. And you know what if they did? He would forgive them and accept them into heaven. So you might be surprised to see Him in glory still. As I've often said, there will be three surprises when we get to heaven. Number one, a lot of the people we never thought we would see there, will be there. Number two, some of the people we were sure we would see there will not be there. And number three, we will be there. But you know, we all expect to be there. But I think there'll be some surprises in heaven, quite frankly. So don't give up on that person. And remember this, no one wants to save a person more than the Lord Jesus Christ. And if there was any movement on their part toward God, you can be sure that He would forgive and accept them, even if it was on their very deathbed. So a believer goes to heaven. But what happens to the non-believer? Well, they pass over to the other side too. But it's a pretty bleak scenario. For the believer, it's entrance into paradise in the presence of Jesus. For the non-believer, it marks his entrance into Hades. Yeah, there is a hell. But listen, hell was not made for people. Jesus said hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was never God's intention to send a person to hell. He does everything he can to keep you out of hell. But God has given to you and to me a free will. I have the ability to choose and God will not violate that. If you want to go to heaven, my friend, you will. If you put your faith in Christ. If you want to go to hell, you will. That's really your choice. Hell is a very strong danger, and today's message is a strong warning. Pastor Greg Laurie and his study called The Reality of Hell. Well, tomorrow, Pastor Greg brings us some more hard-hitting insights about this reality and the joy of heaven. It's the kind of truth that we don't hear much anymore. That's tomorrow, same time, right here on A New Beginning.
copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It's called The Reality of Hell. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 